0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special Investors Business Daily installment of Barron's Live. It's Ali Coram here. I'm executive editor multimedia at IBD, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Ken Shreve, senior markets writer on the IBD team. And today we want to talk about market timing signals in uncertain times. And it seems like, Ken, that's what we're dealing with right now. Not only do we have war breaking out in the Middle East, But these concerns that have continued to linger over sky high interest rates, inflation, what's the Fed going to do? So there's a lot of uncertainty out there. So we're going to take a look at some examples throughout history of uncertain times in the market, what happened and use all of those historical examples to help inform where we are today. So to kick us off, Ken, let's just set the scene here. And why do you think it's important to study markets of the past?
1: Well, we we have seen. Uh, first of all, good morning, uh, Ali. Nice to be with you again. Been a little while since I've been on uh, Barron's live, but um, yeah, I think uh, the first thing investors are told all the time that it's impossible to to time uh, to time the the market. You know, picking market tops and make. Uh, Picking market uh, bottoms, uh, we've actually found the exact uh, opposite. Uh, decades uh, through decades of research at uh, at IBD. So, in other words, market uh, bottoms uh, look a lot of like uh, look a lot alike, just like market tops uh, look a lot alike. So, the same types of things uh, happen. You tend to see a lot of negative headlines. Um, you know, just uncertainty across many, many different uh, fronts. And when the headlines are the most negative and conditions seem to be the most dire, that is when we see you know, market uh, market bottoms uh, put in. So we're, you know, holding out hope that we could see a tradable rally here before the end of the year. Uh, indexes currently are under a lot of uh, selling pressure and a lot of leading growth stocks, uh, you know, really getting taken to the woodshed here. But uh, we'll, we'll bottom just like we have uh, in, in the past and uh, we'll, we'll be able to recognize uh, the signs of that happening.
0: Exactly. So when it is an uncertain market, it seems like there are, fear-fueling headlines, and that can be the decision-making point that investors will lean on, what those headlines are. Uh, And we're going to take a look at some headlines or events throughout history and how the market reacted to show that it's important to follow price. If you just let the headlines dictate your portfolio moves, you could miss out on big markets. Right now, we're seeing not only Uh, The news flow, negative price action, also negative. Uh, We'll circle back at the end to where we are in the current market and what our outlook is and what we're looking for. But let's start out with some historical examples. And you talked about decades of research, Ken. So the first example comes from the early days of IEBD founder Bill O'Neill in the 1960s and the Cuban Missile Crisis.
1: This was uh, right around the time he bought a seat on the New York uh, Stock Exchange in the uh, in the early 1960s, and he actually founded Investors Business Daily based on uh, you know profits that he made in the in the stock market. And one of his uh, big winners was uh, was Chrysler uh, back in back in the early 60s, uh, right when the Cuban uh, missile crisis uh, was was going on. But uh, again, at the time, uh, you know the market was uh, was showing signs of a bottom and, and bill was looking at the you know stocks that were showing you know relative strength at the time and this is a, a big big uh, pitfall of uh, investors when the market is uh, bottoming you know they're not they're not prepared they're not ready to take advantage of the new market leadership but bill knew that chrysler was showing relative uh, strength at the time it was a leading uh, price performer uh, in in its group and uh, he recognized that that sign of a bottom uh, around the time of the Cuban Missile uh, Crisis when headlines were very negative and it turned out to be a huge uh, a huge winner for him.
0: Exactly. And so that's the other thing to keep in mind as we go through these examples is sometimes the market can turn when there's a resolution to something. So like when the Cuban Missile Crisis was resolved, that's when we got a follow through day. That's when the market really started picking up. But there can be other times where the market goes counter to what the headlines are. And uh, by the time things are resolved, the market is, uptrend is already underway and maybe that's adding fuel to the fire. We know that right now it's a very news driven environment. So people are, it seems like can holding on bated breath. Uh, we saw this yesterday, what is Powell saying? It just is dissecting every word. So we could definitely see a headline be the catalyst for the next leg up in the market but it doesn't necessarily have to play out like that so next let's go to the charts and we will take a look at some examples on the screen so we're going to go from the 1960s to the 1990s and the gulf war so you can see the nasdaq here can A really bad bear market, it looks like from July 1990 to October of that year, just a massive downtrend and sell off. But we did see a market turn. So talk to us about what went into that market turn.
1: Well, it we we saw we saw uh, basically a follow through day, and this was uh, I believe October eighteenth in, uh, in 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 nineteen ninety, where we we got that uh, that sign of strength, and and you can see the first day of the rally attempt when the Nasdaq hit that low of three twenty two ninety three, that was the first day of a rally attempt two three four, and on the fifth day of a rally attempt you had a, a really big percentage gain, uh, in in higher volume. Now you can see that that uh, that 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 initial pop was was met by was met by some selling it came down and then just started working, uh, working its way higher from there. But again, a lot of uh, a lot of negative uh, headlines uh, this time around the the Persian Gulf uh, War. But you can see after a, an initial little stutter, that that follow through day that we saw on October fourteenth uh, worked out uh, quite quite nicely and uh, resulted in a, a pretty strong uh, uptrend here. So this was um, you know kind of right at the, the start of this ten year uh, bull market, the nineteen the great bull market of the 1990s, when uh, the the internet stocks were uh, taking off, Dell was uh, doing you know huge uh, business in, uh, in in PCs. Uh, some of the big winners uh, in that uh, right around that follow through day, Cisco showing relative strength, a, a strong price performer. Um, you know, was uh, was in the process of uh, you know breaking out of a of a nice base here that that sideways period of movement uh, where it hit that high of fifteen thirteen, you know the, the Nasdaq follows through and look at look at what Cisco does. So you know market precedent is is extremely important. We can literally go decade after decade after decade after decade and see what the what the market leaders look like around the time. When the indexes uh, were, were bottoming, and again, the most important point to remember is that they were not lagging stocks. They were not stocks that were mired at 52-week lows or all-time lows. They were stocks that were showing relative strength in the market, and just a, a beautiful technical uh, breakout for Cisco Systems. Uh, you know, right around the time the, uh, the Nasdaq followed through um, in October uh, 1990.
0: Yeah. And you bring up some really key points, Ken. So there's there's kind of two main ingredients that we're looking for to follow price. One is on the index level, following that price and volume action at key turns in the market and looking for that follow through day. So a uh, strong gain in increasing volume because that's signaling institutions are coming back into the market. That helps put our odds In our favor, if we're seeing institutional money flowing into the market, that's step one. And then step two is what's going on underneath the surface. Are there leading stocks acting well, uh, moving up ahead of these market turns, showing strength and breaking out? And not only that, do we see a follow up on all of this? Is it just going to be? one day of strength and everything rolls over again or do you see a continuation of buying and if you look on this weekly chart here ken i mean there was definitely some volume expansion over several weeks to accompany that move higher here for cisco
1: yeah, I mean a lot of people get uh, a lot of people get uh, get intimidated by by technical analysis. Really, technical analysis is just the study of supply and demand, not only in the in the broad market and the major stock indexes, but in individual uh, stocks as well. So again, Cisco Systems around the time the market was uh, was bottoming was just you know volume was rolling into this stock. Volume was very heavy. It was clearly uh, under uh, accumulation, and it and it worked out uh, just to just to be a, a beautiful breakout. It 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 rose up to 2263 came down to that red line the 50-day moving average which is a common support level uh rallied uh from from there and then eventually you know broke the 50-day which was uh which was a, a sell signal so you know we have uh, countless uh examples what we call our model book stocks of uh, what the big market leaders look like uh in the early stages of a new uh, uptrend so the market the market precedent we we have in um, in, in spades. And uh, I don't know if we have a, also have a chart from Microsoft around this time because Microsoft was a big um, was a big winner uh, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Right around the time the uh, the NASDAQ was following through in uh, October of 1990.
0: Exactly. We have all of these moving averages converging on that 1018 follow through day with a an 8% gain from Microsoft that day. And it looks like a potential alternative entry happened on 11-12 of 1990, and then another breakout area in early January the following year, and a nice, a nice move for that stock. And all the while, I can take a look at the weekly chart here. uh, We saw that relative strength line, which measures a stock's price performance versus the S&P 500, just leading and in new high ground. So uh, another signal there that this was definitely a, a stock to watch.
1: This was right at the start of uh, of a really really solid ten year uh, bull market. So uh, the examples are are, are countless, and uh, it's kind of interesting. I know we're going to talk about the the current market uh, towards the uh, towards the uh, end of the sh- end of the show, but we're going to be looking for the same signs that we were looking for in the in the early '90s and and you know, just throughout market history, uh, market bottoms look a lot alike, uh, just like market tops look a lot alike, and uh, the anatomy of a, of a leading growth stock, I mean, very, very similar when the market is uh, trying to bottom after a period of, uh, you know, a correction or a, a period of institutional selling. All these uh, market leaders look, uh, look look very similar from a fundamental and technical perspective.
0: Well said there, Ken. Okay. Now we're going to fast forward to 1998. Actually, I'm going to go to 1999 on the chart and I'm going to go back to the NASDAQ composite here. So Ken, talk to us about what we were seeing in 1998 from an index level. We got three legs down. That's another Thing that we see throughout market history a lot of times uh, three legs down in the market, then we finally bottomed. But what was going on in uh, 1998 that investors were concerned about?
1: You know, and honestly, uh, where we are right now, Ali, the NASDAQ could be in the process of doing this right now, making three legs down. That hasn't fully played out yet. We'll we'll touch on that uh, in, uh, in just a little bit. But here you go. There's one leg down, two legs down, and now it's uh, threatening that break of the 13,000 level. So 1998, you know, the headlines were, were pretty daunting, no doubt about it. It started with the uh, the, the Asian uh, contagion, the, the currency crisis that uh, really started in Thailand when uh, Thailand star- uh, stopped basically defending the uh, the bot their currency and then you had the the failure of a uh, long-term capital management which held a lot of Russian bonds at the time Russia was uh, was defaulting so not only did you have the Russia d- default but you had this uh, the Asian currency crisis but what does uh, what does the market do when the headlines are are are, are worst october uh 14th was the follow-through day for the uh for the nasdaq and that would look like it was on the the fifth day or fourth day of of the rally attempt so things were really ugly when the nasdaq went down to thirteen fifty seven. and you had that first day of the uh of the rally attempt and then a a follow-through day soon after where you had a big percentage gain in uh higher volume and then, you know, some follow-on buying the the very next day where it, it soared again. This was a follow-through day that just worked uh, worked like a like a charm. So, um, you know, again, headlines uh, headlines pretty negative at the at the time, and uh, there were plenty of stocks around, uh, you know, that were that were there to to help the market uh, move move higher. I think we had um, uh, Charles Schwab was a, was a great example of a, of a stock that was showing strength and breaking out. Um, Trying to break out, uh, you know, close to that uh, follow-through day, and you can see it's coming out of a period of sideways consolidation. It's taking a, a breather, building what we call a base, you know, just a kind of a sideways period of consolidation. We got the sign of strength in, in the market, and look at Schwab as one of the one of the early leaders. And you know, you're talking about a significant uh, percentage gain from the breakout because you know this stock was moving right around the time.
0: Uh, we saw the follow-through day
1: in uh, October '98.
0: Exactly. Yeah, the week of the follow-through day, it was up 17.5% for the week, and the heaviest trading volume happened that week uh, in a couple years. So heaviest volume in a couple of years for the stock, breaking it out of this sideways move here. Again, relative strength line pointing upwards. Uh, all those good elements that we want to see. Okay. And now but a lot of people, well, let's it's, take, just,
1: it's just important to ahead. remember that a lot of people, and I, don't, I don't want to say a lot, but I mean, at, at the time, it's very easy when, when headlines are, are negative and you, you turn on, you know, CNBC or whatever, however you get your financial news and there's this steady, you know, chorus of, uh, of, of negativity and, and the sky is falling. That tends to be the time, uh, you know, when market bottoms are, are put in. So kind of again, right now, we've, we're dealing with a lot of negative uh, headlines, the strong dollar rising interest rates, uh, worries about third quarter earnings season. So there's a lot of a lot of negative sentiment out there. But uh, again, that, that could bode well for maybe a little uh, Santa Claus rally. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. And it seems like every example that we look at, it's just we can tie it to today in some way of of what we're looking for or what we're seeing. So we've got broad market action uh, that we want to look for leading stocks. But you mentioned it can sentiment and there's a lot of sentiment gauges out there, but trying to look at them through a contrarian lens is something that can be helpful.
1: Yeah, I mean one of the one of the main uh, one of the main uh, contrarian uh, indicators that we like to follow is the uh, the weekly survey of uh, newsletter writers from Investors Intelligence. It's an outfit out of New York. They've been around for a long time, but when uh, they they do this survey every weekly of stock market uh, newsletter writers, and uh, you know when when the bullish percentage gets up to sixty percent, that has always occurred right around market tops. Everybody is so bullish. That's around the time the market is is topping. Conversely, when you get a lot of bearishness in, in in the market and the sky is falling and everybody is negative, uh, and you, you have just tremendously negative uh, bearish sentiment from newsletter writers, that's the time when when stocks uh, bottom here. So it's a mm-hmm. good a good contrarian indicator. And I will say, in recent weeks, the number of uh, newsletter writers of the bulls have been uh, increasing. It's not uh, not at that extreme level of sixty, but it's over um, over fifty percent. So that's uh, kind of another mark against the uh, the market here. When you get bullish uh, sentiment on on the rise, that can uh, often come ahead of market weakness.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Back to the history books. Let's go to 2001 now, because uh, if you're talking, uh, well, I need to go to a NASDAQ chart here. So it'll let me change the date. 2001. Ken, what was happening in 2001? Well, we had 9-11, And actually, if I forward to spring of 2 we'll just see a little bit more of what played out here. But we saw a lot of market weakness. I mean, the dot-com bubble burst. It was pretty brutal out there, Ken. The market was taking another leg down. Then 9-11 happens and the market closed for a couple of days. And when it opened... On what day was this, September 17th, it was a brutal couple of days there and some heavy volume. So there was a lot of panic out there.
1: A lot of, a lot of panic, a lot of fear uh yeah sky is falling uh you know people people losing money but then you know what what happens you get that that first day of a, of a rally attempt after an extended uh, downturn and then uh you know you're waiting a few days after that uh, after that initial rally attempt you want to let the short covering kind of run its course and then you just get that huge move by the nasdaq when it when it ran up close to the 1600 level you know just a uh an initial follow-through day, and then you know, just more more strength, volume behind the move on, on both of those days. So again, a sign that the market was uh, was ready to, to turn higher. You had the supply and demand kind of working uh, in your favor. You had good volume behind both of those up days, and not only did you get one follow-through day, but you got you know you got a subsequent follow-through day as well that marked uh, that marked a pretty decent uh, a rally. And this uh, happened not that long after uh, after the uh the 9-11 tragedy
0: Mm -hmm. and another point here is not every market bottom is going to lead to a sustained multi-year run uh once you get that initial move and maybe this is kind of like uh 2023 perhaps in a sense where we saw a very strong january and kick off to the year then this spring we had the banking crisis fears. we were able to shake that off and go on a move for a couple of months and since july we've been sort of in a, a sideways to down kind of market so You got to kind of roll with the punches, right, or uh, be able to bend with the new information that the market presents.
1: Yeah, I mean, just because we see signs of a, of a market bottom, it doesn't mean we're, we're moving from cash and just putting everything in, into the market and, and crossing our, our fingers. You know, we're always kind of, you know, easing back into the market. Y- yes, we saw the, the sign of strength. Yes, we saw the follow-through day. But what are, what are leading stocks doing? Is the market, you know, like it, like it did in, the, in uh, October of 1990, where the Cisco's around, where the Microsoft's around, that we're kind of breaking out of bases, shooting to new high ground, the more of that happening, the better you can feel about the chances for a sustained uptrend. But, uh, you know, sometimes these market bottoms, uh, they, they launch, uh, you know, new bull markets like it did in uh, 1990 and like it did in 2003 uh, uh, as well. But but sometimes you'll see a sign of strength and there's just, uh, you know, maybe market breadth isn't just what you'd like to see, or there's just not enough stocks out there that are showing strength and, and showing the, the type of action that we want to see. In other words, breaking out to new highs from, from well-formed bases, So not every, not every follow through day is going to, is going to work. You know, we know the signs uh, to to look for, uh, but you just always have to, you know, just kind of ease in and uh, see if, uh, see if you get positive feedback after that initial sign of strength.
0: Exactly. Okay. So that was 2001. Now we are in 2003 and this was the year of the Iraq invasion. Now this wasn't something that was a very sudden thing that happened like the current situation in the Middle East with uh, you know news of a war breaking out over a weekend. So it wasn't, by the time the U.S. invaded Iraq, it wasn't a surprise that it happened. There had been kind of a, a buildup, but nonetheless uh, anytime you're talking about the U.S. getting involved in a war, like in 2003, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, that can surround that type of news event.
1: Yeah, I mean, the market was not in uh, in great shape in March 2000-2003. Uh, uh, you can see it was just kind of on a on a downtrend here, uh, and you know, struggling struggling to to find a bottom. It made a it made a case for a bottom in, in late uh, 2002, but then it, it rolled over again. Uh, you doesn't you just always want to keep an eye out for that follow-through day, that that sign of uh, sign of strength. And in March 2003, which marked the the start of another you know nice little uptrend for the uh, for the index. You had um, eBay and, and, and Netflix were nice uh, gainers, but you did have a, a really solid follow through day on March uh, March seventeenth was the actual uh, day when the Nasdaq uh, you know followed through. You marked it uh, right there, and and you know that spawned a, a really nice rally in the in the stock market, a meaningful a meaningful rally.
0: Yeah, so let's take a look at those examples real quick. So here is eBay. What was it doing on? March 17th, look at that already getting into high ground. We'll go to the the weekly chart just to show. So it uh, formed a long cup with handle base, but it was already breaking out in January of that year. And so by the time March was rolling around, it was continuing its run relative strength line, strength off the charts. So uh, there were some signs underneath the surface even before the follow through day that there were some leading stocks out there uh, to be keeping tabs on and to buy.
1: It can It can happen a little bit before. Uh, the market uh, bottoms, like uh, like you just showed with uh, with eBay, or it can happen a little bit after. So uh, if if you're seeing signs that the market is trying to bottom, and you're seeing some stocks starting to act better, moving above uh, key moving averages, stocks with uh, strong fundamentals, uh, that that's uh, that's a that's a good uh, a good sign. I think mm-hmm. Netflix was uh, we just heard from Netflix earlier this week, uh, you know, gapped up on strong earnings. Netflix was another big winner uh, in the early stages of this uh, March 2003. Three uh, uptrend. Netflix, uh, another stock showing uh, relative strength, and really, you know, turned into a nice uh, winner. People who who entered at, at the right time had a really nice gain.
0: Exactly. And while this wasn't a traditional entry on that uh, three seventeen follow through day, perhaps an aggressive one with that volume expansion and a nice outside day and a a lift off of that uh, 21-day line. And then perhaps you could have used that heavy volume decline on either 5.19 or when it started showing more weakness after reversing in June of that year to get out of the trade. Uh, But there are different ways to handle this stock. Maybe you have an even longer-term outlook and you were able to stay positive on the trade and and weather uh, those pullbacks to really uh, get a, a huge move out of something like this.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, again, just the, the the lesson here is when you're when you're looking for for signs of a market bottom. Uh, and you're getting encouraged that an uptrend could could not could could be far off. Uh, you want to look at uh, your, the basket of stocks that you're following. What are they doing? Are are they still selling off? Are they are they still below key moving averages, or are they starting to show signs of uh, of, of technical strength? You know, we're not going to get the exact uh, the bottom or the exact top, but we're going to be there close at both uh, at both occurrences. But uh, when the market is bottoming, the more stocks that you have that are sort of Gathering and revving their engines to participate, you know the better the better feeling you have that uh, the, the market really you know could be ready to bottom here.
0: Yeah, and uh, perhaps another brief lesson on this one is if you miss the entries on the follow through day, or if a stock looks like a leader but maybe it's not uh, showing a proper setup. If the market is going to have more of a sustained move. Leading stocks will give you another chance to get in. And Netflix did just that. It tightened up in August of 2003 and broke out again later on in that month. And that produced a really nice move for the stock, too. So uh, maybe if traders didn't get in right at the early going, of course, we really like dipping our toe in the water if we see a follow through day to try to get a little bit of a toe hold. If uh, the market does pick up steam, there can be Further chances as these leading stocks form new bases.
1: Yeah, really a great example of what a proper base looks like. Uh, the one that you just pointed out with uh, Netflix when it hit that high of 2860. When a stock forms a base, a base it's basically just a sideways digestion period. It's, it's been a strong price performer in the market. Now it's going to take a breather and consolidate gains. And that's what Netflix did uh, when it started moving sideways from 2860. And then again, you pointed out that uh, that. that that technical breakout that came in in really strong volume, and that really was the the, the fuel that um, made this stock uh, move quite quite nicely in uh, two thousand three.
0: Okay, couple more examples. So reset once again to the Nasdaq and go forward to two thousand nine. This was another March follow through day. This one happening on. March 18th. And of course, 2009, we were going through the 2008 financial crisis and trying to come off lows from that. But uh, the financial crisis was another period of uncertainty for investors, to say the least.
1: Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, it was a really, really tough, uh, tough time for the market. Uh, hard hard to believe it was all the way back in 2008, 2009. But the banks were uh, the housing market was crashing. Uh, the, the, the bank banks were failing. It was uh, really, really tough times. But, you know, the Nasdaq hit that low of 12, uh, 1265. And, uh, you know, like uh, like clockwork, we got uh, a follow through day uh, for the Nasdaq on March uh, 18th was the, was the follow through day there, March 17th and March 18th. Yeah. So again, NASDAQ hits that low of 1265. You're looking for the first day uh, of a rally attempt. And then, you know, you want to see that, uh, that, that sign of a bottom, you know, at least, uh, at least four days after that initial uh, rally attempt. And that's what you got with the NASDAQ composite with uh, two, uh, or you know, one, one solid up day and volume. And that marked the start of a nice little uh, uptrend uh, as well. So the, you know, they all look a lot alike. The, the follow-through days uh, don't don't uh, work a hundred percent of the time, but we know that every single market bottom that we've seen throughout history has uh, has started with that that sign of strength of the the follow-through day that we like to see.
0: Okay, let's see. We want to take a look at some uh, examples here of the the big winners during this period, Uh, BKNG, which at the time was Priceline. Look at this trending stock. And on uh, the follow through day, it didn't move a lot uh, on that actual day, but it was setting up. And then, as you mentioned, Ken, you're not going to get the breakouts right on the day of the follow through day. Some of them happen in the days and weeks uh, after that. So on four, two, we got an entry here and a really nice run for booking Baidu. another one at the time. Ken, that was looking good here.
1: Yeah, great. How you can go into MarketSmith and change the date and just look at and look at all the, the the precedent. This is what uh, this is what helps us make you know kind of informed decisions about uh, you know mar- underlying market health. And uh, you know, Baidu was just another strong price performer. Again, these these stocks, uh, Booking and you know, Priceline at the time, Baidu. Uh, these were not lagging stocks uh, in the market. They were stocks that were showing relative strength with uh with good rs lines and yeah i mean look at uh you know baidu in march 2009 right you know just just a a perfect breakout here has been a big uh, big big winner Uh, china names uh, very difficult in the current market but uh, baidu at the time was uh had great fundamentals and it was the early in, in the early stages of making a big move here
0: it was and two more quick examples apple very similar looking chart action maybe uh, the entry around the follow-through day was a, a little less clear for something like this but it did pull back around the 50 day could have offered you a chance or that first uh fully fleshed out base then happened that summer for the stock
1: yep and a strong, uh, a strong price performer uh, in its industry group uh, at the time. So uh, it really pays to look at the the quality merchandise uh, in the market when uh, you're trying to assess a, a market bottom. And the, the quality merchandise are, are those stocks that are you know leading price performers in their industry group. They're not the they're not the laggards uh, stuck near 52 uh, week lows. I mean these these stocks obviously can can go up, but if you're if you're focusing on relative strength, uh, these are where the big Big gains can be made uh, in the early stages of a new uptrend.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Amazon, another one, looks pretty similar. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this one, uh, but look at that, really picking up uh, steam. I'm assuming that was probably on earnings in uh, October of that year, but it bottomed well ahead of uh, when we saw that eventual follow-through day. And now we're going to fast forward in the market to 2016 when we were dealing with Brexit, Ken.
1: Yeah, the UK uh, wanting to, to you know uh, leave the uh, eurozone that caused a lot of uh, a lot of fear in the market about uh, you know uh, how would this uh, you know affect the worldwide economy? Would there be you know slowing uh, slowing growth? Uh, and you know so the headlines were pretty negative around uh, Brexit uh, a- at the time. But I think it was July uh, July eighth in two thousand. Uh, sixteen where, you know, again, the market had just come through a, a really difficult uh, period. Um, you know, the Brexit concerns were fueling some selling. NASDAQ went down to 4574. And then... You know, when things were most negative, well, you got that first day of the rally attempt, and then maybe the, the short selling kind of ran its course. And then you got that follow-through day right there with a, a nice percentage gain in, in higher volume. That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, looks like seven or eighth day of the, of the rally attempt, which is right in the sweet, sweet spot. And uh, that, that fueled a, a great rally for the NASDAQ as well.
0: It did. And now let's go to COVID. So a little bit more recent example. And I think what this one shows, and we'll point out the exact follow through day, but uh, traders who uh, were in this market know how explosive the gains were and uh, how trending it was. But at the time of the follow through day in Uh, Early April, it was April 6th here for the NASDAQ. So we had the bottom and then it took this one took a little while here. But four, six was the follow through day on the NASDAQ, Ken, where we finally got that uh, volume pickup that we wanted on a solid gain. But if you would have been looking at just the headlines, if you would not have been looking at this chart, the headlines would have told you to be out of the market.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you kind of highlighted that uh, that that follow through right there. It came a little bit later than uh, what we uh, what we like to see, but it did uh, it did come with some with some volume. And this was right at the beginning of COVID. It's not like COVID had been running its uh, way through the uh, economy. This was uh, in the uh, you know the first half of uh, of 2020. But that uh, that follow through day for the Nasdaq, and again in our big picture column, which is sort of our, our daily market analysis, where we're kind of Analyzing supply and demand, um, you know, just gauging uh, market health on a, on a daily basis. On that follow through day is when we turn our market outlook to, to positive. So we we put the market in a confirmed uptrend when we see that uh, when we see that uh, follow through day. So it's a, it's a green light to start. Buying, but it's not a green light to be, you know, to be super uh, aggressive. But this uh, this follow through day in uh, uh, during uh, the 2020 first half of uh, 2020 uh, launched a really nice uh, gain for the Nasdaq uh, as well, and uh, you know the, the the leading stocks were a dime a dozen uh, at the time. I think Nvidia started uh, started to move. This one yeah, of our sorry. one of our examples. Pull it up here. Yep. <clears throat> Doing a great job going through these uh, charts, chart- chart- <laughs> Ellie as usual. Yeah, so look at uh look at look uh, at Nvidia. So we had our our follow through days in uh, early April and uh you know Nvidia's just in a nice little base here and uh starting to uh starting to break out with some volume. So would have been nice to pick up uh, Nvidia at the uh, at that time if you had recognized that the market was uh, was bottoming. This was uh, actually a pretty a pretty easy hold uh from that initial buy. Mhm.
0: It was a couple of others during this time to take a look at Adobe, very similar base structure there. Amazon, look at this breakout here. I mean, essential needs, right? We were all uh, stuck in our homes. We needed to get things delivered to us. So Amazon definitely in focus at that time. Microsoft formed and broke out of a double bottom. In spring 2020, Apple once again, also breaking out in late April 2020. Zoom, of course, this was another uh, stock really in focus at that time that uh, we leaned on heavily to get work done.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, there were a lot, a lot of big movers in uh, in 2020. So I hope that people uh, watching have have seen that you can actually glean a lot from um, from market history and market uh, precedents. You know, a lot of these uh, stock market bottoms uh, look a lot alike. And 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 frankly, uh, right now we we could be uh, you know near uh, near a time where you know we could be seeing signs of uh, of a bottom uh, again. We're going to probably let the selling run its course, uh, but you know if we if we start to see stocks uh, setting up again that uh, it could make us uh, feel feel
0: comfortable about uh, maybe a, a rally uh, in november and december we'll have to see yeah and i just want to make one more point about the 2020 market and then yeah let's let's dissect today and show folks where we stand but uh and tying this back to one of the themes of today's talk talk and that is about negative headlines i remember when the nasdaq was getting back to new high ground and there was a financial news network that i will not name but they had a segment that they were doing at that time that was called markets in turmoil so again you know you're gonna see the crowd in times of uncertainty uh leaning one way when it's the price action could be doing something totally different and so the headlines are important but it's the market's interpretation of those headlines, or how it's looking ahead that really at the end of the day that's what's going to make us money It's not the headlines, it's the price action that's going to make us the money
1: yeah, I mean if you're paying attention to the headlines throughout market history' you're missing a lot of uh, a lot of bottoms and maybe sometimes just kind of late to the uh late to late to the party so uh you know it's uh, just important to recognize when uh when sentiment gets uh, very very negative and you know, frankly, the market is dealing with uh, a lot, you know, right right now. But you just really want to, uh, you know, you just don't don't get too bogged down by the negativity and the headlines. Instead, just uh, you know, learn to to practice your supply demand analysis. Again, a lot of people get really. Uh, uh, you know, they get they get turned off, or they just. As a technical analysis, it's uh, you know reading uh, reading tea leaves. But technical analysis is really just all about supply uh, supply and demand, and that that's what the market is uh, is all about. It's just assessing supply and demand, and frankly, when when indexes are are moving, you you like to see them moving and expanding volume to the upside, and then when they're when they're coming pulling back, you want to see that pull back in in light volume, just very basic uh, concepts here. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes the index is going up in light volume and then falling in heavy volume. And those those types of situations, uh, you know, we definitely get uh, defensive and understand that supply and demand is not working in our favor. So here we are looking at the NASDAQ, uh, you know, right now. Testing the uh, the thirteen thousand level, and we looked at that recent example. You know, is the Nasdaq going to make a third leg down here? You had a, the undercut of that thirteen one sixty one level when it went down to twelve nine sixty three, and now the the Nasdaq is kind of waging a battle here at, at thirteen thousand. So, um, if if we get a decisive break of uh, of thirteen thousand and even below, uh, you know, twelve nine sixty three. That long-term support level, the 200-day moving averages, is a key level to watch. But that could be around the time where we'd want to start looking for that first day of a rally attempt. And again, these things need to play out first. I mean, NASDAQ could, could ultimately hold uh, support here at 13000 but the uh, market's are kind of at an inflection point at this point.
0: Yeah, it is. And I just quickly want to walk everyone through the follow through days that we saw this year. The first one was on January 6th. And that one, Ken, we were still very close to the bear market lows. So uh, once again, if if you were just kind of thinking, oh, is this market really going to go somewhere? I don't know. If you would have just dipped your toe in the water and followed the market signal, that would have led uh, to a nice move in the market. Then uh, scaling back exposure, of course, was definitely warranted in that February, March area where we had the banking crisis concerns. Then uh, I believe it was 329 that we had another follow through day. Then we had a, a sideways Period here, almost uh, broke below the 50 day line again. But then on May 10th, another follow through day signal that led to a nice multi month move. This is where it gets a little tricky. Now, not every follow through day works. It's a signal that can help put the odds in our favor, but it's not a sure thing. That works 100% of the time. Not every follow through day leads to leads to a sustained uptrend, but every sustained uptrend does begin with one of these follow through days. So we did have some false signals here. 829. This was a follow through day, but this is where that, okay, well, what happens next? Or what are the stocks acting like underneath the surface can be really helpful uh, because that one failed. And then we had another one on 106, and this one, uh, We're about to close below the follow-through day today. We're on track to potentially do that and undercut the rally entirely. So again, they don't all work, but it is something that can help get you back into the market uh, after shedding your exposure and can uh, be that first step to seeing those breakouts and adding more exposure and making sure that you don't miss The market when it does move, because if you think, oh, well, we've seen a couple of failed follow through days. There's no way that this next one's going to work. That's probably the one that is going to work.
1: Yeah, I mean, so so right now, like I said, with the Nasdaq, you know, it's kind of holding 13,000. We call that a round number. It it, it tends to be a support level, but you know, it remains to be seen if uh, if it's going to hold or not. Uh, my gut tells me that if there's a, a you know a, a shakeout uh, a, a shakeout here, you know, we're just going to want to start looking for the the first day of a rally attempt, and then look for that you know that big percentage gain and higher volume, you know, four or five, six days uh, after that that rally attempt, and uh, and then again see what the how how is the market are there are there more you know bullish technical setups um uh to, to choose from or is it still kind of slim pickings i will say there's been a lot of technical damage you know done to the market in recent weeks a lot of your uh, you know your big market leading uh, growth stocks a name like elf beauty you know i mean the market has just gone over uh has just gone has just been hitting the the, the leading stocks uh, left and right and you know, it was a Bad break of the 50-day moving average for ELF. It's holding kind of a longer-term uh, support level here, but a lot of leading growth stocks have flashed uh, sell signals, and you know the selling may take a little while to work itself out. But you know, always want to be on the lookout for you know signs of uh, signs of a bottom, and we just as we've gone over today, lots of uh, lots of lots of precedent out there. Yeah.
0: And then in terms of I guess we'll just wrap on the couple of catalysts that we could see from here. We've got a big week for earnings season next week with a ton of the major tech players issuing their results. Uh, Like, uh, who do we have? We've got Meta. We've got Microsoft. We've got Amazon. We've got Google and a ton of others. And uh, particularly those Magnificent Seven stocks do have big weightings in the major indexes so if they can get some upside momentum seems like that could help boost the market but again we want to look at those other stocks too and how they're acting are they moving up with the other names if we do get those uh positive reactions to earnings also the fed and headlines related to the war in the middle east anything positive on both of those fronts could uh, be some catalyst for a Santa Claus
1: rally, Ken. Yeah, I mean the market, the market tide clearly is uh, flowing decidedly negative uh, right now. But uh, again, that means it it it's time to start looking for for signs of uh, of a bottom here. And uh, yeah, there's a lot that needs to be uh, resolved here. Uh, rising interest rates and a, a strong dollar is typically not a good uh, recipe for a uh, for a bull market. And uh, to see gold uh, outperforming uh, like it's doing, so um, the interest rate outlook is still. A little bit uh, unclear. I think the way the market is acting right now, it's still concerned about uh, perhaps a sharper than expected slowdown for the economy uh, next year. But uh, again, incoming economic data is going to, you know, help us uh, help us decipher decipher that. But what the market needs is for interest rates and the U.S. dollar to start uh, to start bending uh, lower to provide a little bit of uh, relief here. So maybe that Santa Claus rally will come again. November December tends to be a typically seasonally decent. Uh, time for the, for the market, but uh, certainly a lot of headwinds
0: out there right now. Yes, there are. So when it comes to a potential market bottom, uh, even if we are seeing oversold levels or a lot of fear in the market or a lot of bearishness, that doesn't necessarily mean that the market will turn. Oversold markets can get more oversold. Sky high interest rates can get even more sky high. That's what we've seen lately in this market, just uh, relentless there. So instead of just making assumptions based on what uh, you think could happen, that's where these follow through days can really help us focus in on. Is the again, the, the odds are the odds in our favor here that we're seeing the institutions which have the power to fuel the market. Are they actually putting money to work and putting skin in the game? That's what we need and that's what we're looking for.
1: Yeah, I think uh, right now, you know, our, our leaderboard model portfolio is only about twenty-five percent uh, uh, invested. Still holding a long-term gain in uh, Meta Platforms, which reports earnings uh, next week. So, like you mentioned, uh, it's a very, very pivotal. You know, we've been focused on interest rates and the strong dollar and the 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 war uh, between Israel and Hamas, and and now we've got uh, now we've got third quarter earnings season that uh, is is going to is going to ramp up, and uh, hopefully no 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 negative surprises uh, there. But we'll. Continue continue to watch uh, watch the market here. Feels good to be sitting in a pretty, pretty healthy cash position uh, on, on leaderboard right now. And uh, we start to see renewed signs of accumulation in the indexes. So I think we'll be ready to act.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Ken. And thanks everyone so much for tuning in. If you want more insights from Ken and I on IBD, make sure to check out IBD Live, where we are breaking down the market action and leading stocks every trading day. So we'll see you there. And we'll also see you back here next month for our next special episode of Barron's Live. We'll see you then. And in the meantime, make sure you join the team on Monday where Barron's Senior Managing Editor Lauren R. Rublin and Deputy Editor Ben Levinson, they're going to discuss the outlook for financial markets, industries, sectors, and individual stocks. So thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.